smooches. Today we're recapping Kiss Her Once For Me by Alison Cochran. This book is a sapphic Christmas second chance romance with a fake engagement to the love interest brother. It sounds complicated, and it is. It's the perfect holiday read for you if you love the movie Dan in Real Life, if you wanted Kristen Stewart and Aubrey Plaza to end up together during Happiest Season, and if Evermore is your favorite Taylor Swift album. Spoilers ahead. Hi, Meg. Hi, Liz. How are you? What are you up to today? I'm good. I am sleepy, tired. <laughs> sleepy, tired. <laughs> but um, I had a chance to go to an adjacent city yesterday to see a friend, and we played like board games for basically like six hours. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> Which, well, yeah, it was nice, but that's why I'm, I'm my, my battery is low today. Hmm. Well, we're going to get through this one quick. And uh, we are recording this on Sunday, December 4th. So I hope that you that everyone who celebrates had a happy Kissgate anniversary. Hmm. Uh, and <laughs> we are going to get into a sapphic book that has a lot of Taylor Swift references. Mm hmm. Because, <laughs> because the girls who get it, get it. <laughs> and this is Kiss Her Once For Me by Alison Cochran. Yeah. Um. Did you read it in hard copy? Or... I listened to it. Okay, I did too. All right. Yeah, I was wondering. Uh, so I'm at the author's website and mm -hmm. she has a page where she describes the book and I would like to share it <laughs> yes please <laughs> okay. um she said I'm so excited to continue working with Atria Books to write the Portland set sapphic Christmas rom-com of my dreams Kiss Her Once For Me is like a Hallmark Christmas movie and it's also nothing like a Hallmark Christmas movie it has a bisexual disaster artist in the midst <laughs> of a quarter-life crisis <laughs> a butch lesbian baker with a dog named Paul Hollywood Lots of snow and kissing and kissing in the snow, a meet awkward in Powell City of Books, a Portland setting, a fake engagement, a cabin on Mount Hood with even more snow, a pop playlist circa 2002, a truck named Jillian Anderson, pining and angst and mistletoe, anxiety rep, and a found family that's also part family of origin. And I was like, yeah, that's <laughs> that pretty much sums it up. Yeah, she missed uh, sassy grandmothers. Yeah, I guess it's within the the family of origin and found family, but yeah, we cannot ignore Mima and Lovey. Mima and Lovey are my honorable sizzle. I want a Grace and Frankie style uh, <laughs> sitcom of just them living <laughs> together after their shared ex slash dead husband i'm not mm -hmm. sure one of them might have still been married to the guy yes he died yeah. mm -hmm. uh after his death he was a real asshole i don't know how how mima and lovey both fell for the guy yeah i think that that is like my only real grievance about the book <laughs> is the character who's dead the whole time mm -hmm. <laughs> i loved so, it i loved it too I thought it was so sweet and I was talking about it as I was listening when I should have been working. So 
let's get into it. Okay. The book starts a year prior mm-hmm. in a flashback of the one of the two heroines, Ellie Oliver. She recently moved to Portland. She's working at this animation studio and she has this 10 to 20 year plan. Mm-hmm. She's very motivated. At this point, she's very optimistic and she is hanging out with a woman who says fuck the snow because she's been in Portland her whole life and she's not uh, enamored with it the way that Ellie is. And this woman is Jack, who she met at Powell City of Books and they reach for the same graphic novel, which was Fun Home by Alison Bechtel. Fun Home by Alison Bechtel. Thank you. Um, Right there, that's super gay. (laughs) (laughs) So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Alison Bechtel of the Bechtel test right yeah and I'm actually I once I finished because there once for me the audiobook I checked out fun home from the library and I'm like halfway through it now how is it it's good it actually this is kind of a maybe an odd comparison but it reminds me so far of um mouse kind of okay in the sense that it's like um this sort of like retrospective on your own father Mm, and within the setting of like history there's no holocaust stuff yet (laughs) i don't think there will be (laughs) let's hope there isn't yeah anyway yeah i'm enjoying it cool so we can link that in the show notes for people who want to check it out after reading this one So they spend this magical day together and we see it not all at once. We see it in bits and pieces throughout the book where they end up getting Jack's truck stuck in the snow. So they have to walk. They end up at a diner. And then the magical day ends at Jack's Airstream trailer Mm -hmm. where they have this passionate encounter that ends up being a one-night stand when the next morning Jack's in the shower and Ellie hears a knock up at the airstream opens the door and there's a woman there who says like oh I'm Claire I'm Jack's wife I told her to have a one-night stand I can't believe she actually did it good for her and Ellie understandably puts her clothes on and gets the hell out of there yeah and spends the next year heartbroken and fixated on this woman that she spent a day with and processing her feelings yeah we should clarify that she didn't never learned jack's last name in like Mm. the course of this day they were u-haul on it hard (laughs) (laughs) yes they were and Um, the feelings were real but they it's important to note that she did not know jack's last name yeah and ellie is a demisexual so she was having the feelings and mm-hmm. that's why the encounter even happened so right she bolts out of there and she spends the next year creating a web comic about the snow day and also another web comic called the perpetual suck the perpetual suck thank you uh because her life now is not like it was last christmas Mm-hmm. She got laid off from her animation job. She's working at 
a coffee shop for a real dickweed mm-hmm. and she's about to get evicted and she has a parasite for a mother mm-hmm. who is just constantly hitting her up for money and for reasons I can't even begin to understand Ellie just like forks it over yeah always. yeah so... yeah I think that there is as the book goes on we get a little bit more clarity on why she continues to fork over the money because she's like if this is what I have to do to have something sort of remotely resembling a familial relationship when I have nothing else then I guess I am going to do it I feel like this is a lesson that I want Ellie to learn because she keeps showing that she doesn't understand this throughout the book Mm -hmm. keep the money (laughs) (laughs) yeah don't be venmoing your mom 200 bucks yeah especially when you're about to get evicted evicted yeah so and your boss is on the verge of firing you and did not give you a promotion because you happen to show up that day six minutes late and you have never ever been late okay so real see you next tuesday yeah definitely the kind of guy who like takes the tiny bit of power he has from his Mm. meaningless empire and abuses it yeah yep very apt kind of like the way i was in high school marching band when i had an officer title and could make anyone i wanted drop and do push-ups yeah (laughs) kind of like when i my first job out of college became like the manager of a bakery and now when i think back on like how authoritarian i was i'm like (laughs) really really regret it yeah i regret it too yeah i regret it too that not every instance that i made someone drop and do push-ups but i I regret that every time i had a malicious glee about it (laughs) you had a little twinkle in your eyes (laughs) the power it's delicious (laughs) so she's complaining to her coworker Ari about the shitty job, the dickweed manager, the shithole location, mm-hmm. when the shop's very hot landlord shows up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of think that's an oxymoron. <laughs> hot, hot landlord? Hot landlord. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah. That's, that's what's happening here. I'm trying to think of the most attractive landlord I've ever had. And he wasn't attractive. Like, he wasn't my type. But I was, like, objectionally, like, he's fine. I'm sure that he gets people. Um, (laughs) Before they know he's a landlord, hopefully. Yeah, but he was a real slumlord. Yeah. So, Andrew, I don't think, is a slumlord. No, it doesn't seem like he houses... Like, he he doesn't have residential properties, it seems like. It's, like, business properties. Yeah. It's just commercial real estate, which, yeah. like, is that better? I think it's better. Yeah. Let's say it's better. Yeah. I'm sure that there's, you know, intricacies that I'm missing. But let's say it's better so that we like Andrew. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andrew takes Ellie out for a drink and they get hammered and he's like, okay, so here's the deal. My asshole of a grandfather put a clause in his will 
at the last minute that I don't get my trust until I get married. Mm-hmm. And Nellie is rightfully like, what in the Regency <laughs> walkery is this? Yeah. So and he's like, hey, I hear you're about to get evicted and like possibly fired. <laughs> Definitely not getting a raise. I think we can help each other out here. <laughs> yeah. So he just comes right out and is like, I am set to inherit $2 million from this trust. How does 10% of that sound? And she's like, $20,000? And he's like, $200,000. She's like, $200,000? Are you out of your mind? Okay, what would I have to do? Uh-huh. So she has a brownout, I think, because I don't know that you can write a napkin contract during a full-on blackout. Maybe you can. You can. <laughs> and I, I, I only know not, not from experience, but because I, uh, I read Malcolm Gladwell's book, Talking to Strangers, mm-hmm. and there's a, a whole section of the book about blacking out, and it was crazy. Um, so basically, there's a part of your brain that records memories of what mm-hmm. you're doing, separate from the parts of your brain that allow you to function. So it is possible for you to be functioning like a regular person but just have no record of it in your brain that's terrifying it is yeah (laughs) so he was giving examples of like people who like booked airfare and traveled places and like found places to stay and then they like come to and they're like what (laughs) what in the fuck how am I here anyway yeah it's very interesting that is interesting. I haven't had many blackout experiences. Maybe I spoke too soon when I said you couldn't write a napkin contract. Now that I'm thinking back to those experiences. <laughs> so anyway, uh, she wakes up in bed with him and a ring on her finger. And it's obviously like, oh my God, I had sex with this guy. We got married and this is a disaster. Oh, no, 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 it's not. It, we, we didn't do anything. All we did was we wrote terms for our fake engagement on a napkin contract and then posted our engagement photos all over social media. That's that's all we did. With a like, cubic zirconia ring. Yeah. <laughs> like from Target, I think. <laughs> so my Target does not have a, a jewelry fine section. jewelry section no. anymore. no. I haven't seen a fine jewelry section in Target in years. Maybe they still are in the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> Maybe because <laughs> they know. used to be they used to be quite nice. Yeah. So <laughs> the terms include going and spending Christmas at his family's cabin. And she's like, okay, fine. They go through the flashcards of family members. They come up with a backstory on how they met and got engaged. And they show up and so she- I'll clarify that like it's a f- it's a marriage of convenience plus sort of fake dating because he mm-hmm. doesn't want to lose the respect of his family members. Yeah. Like that's the only reason that she's having to fake that they're engaged. Yeah. Like for so real. he doesn't let the family in on this. Mm-hmm. Especially his sister. Especially his sister. So they go to the cabin they meet the family the family is lovely for rich people uh the cabin <laughs> is less of a cabin more of a 
ski chalet. Yeah. (laughs) And the last arrivals are Dylan, who is a family friend, who we learn later, not much later. It's pretty clear from the get-go that they used to hook up with Andrew. Mm-hmm. And Andrew's sister, Jacqueline, who also goes by Jack. <laughs> I love this moment. <laughs> I do, too. And they the have of like, oh, I need to immediately shit my face. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dylan is very confrontational about like, oh, so you just came out of nowhere and you're engaged to him all of a sudden that doesn't seem suspicious mm-hmm. or gold diggery at all mm-hmm. and that's the least of ellie's worries at this point <laughs> <laughs> like that's fine think that uh but uh jack asked her like have you been stalking me or something <laughs> like did you know he was my brother obviously she didn't know And Jack is the kind of, like, too cool for school Portland hipster who does not have social media. So Mm -hmm. did not Mm -hmm. see her brother's engagement photos. I feel like someone would have texted her. Mm. Did not, uh, and, and, you know, is not on his social media. I feel like, I don't know. There's plausible deniability, but I feel like there might have been a picture of Jack somewhere. There might have been something in her research on Andrew, but maybe she didn't have enough time Mm. where she could have put two and two together. But she didn't. So she's got to be here for a week? Yeah, like eight days, I think. Yeah. It's like eight days of structured holiday frivolity with Andrew, his mother, his two grandmothers one the ex-wife and one the late the wife of his late grandfather mm-hmm. mima and lovey i don't remember which one is which i think lovey is the widow okay and mima so, is the ex and they're both boozy and lovey mm-hmm. has really been like hitting hitting the bong mm-hmm. a lot recently mm-hmm. so they are hilarious and Ellie just spends the whole time thinking like, okay, I just need to avoid Jack as much as possible. I just need to survive through these eight days. She does consider leaving. Mm-hmm. But $200,000. Yeah. So she considers wanting to tell Jack mm-hmm. that it's a fake relationship, but she's already promised Andrew that she would not do that. Mm-hmm. And she's probably secretly worried about (laughs) what Jack would really think of her. Mm -hmm. And then Jack and her decide we're not going to tell Andrew that we had hooked up because it would only hurt him. I would have told Andrew. Yeah, I Yeah, I would have because it's like Jack's considering that she thinks that their relationship is real. So in reality it isn't so he wouldn't care (laughs) that she had hooked up with yeah i mean there's got to be at least honor among thieves like clue andrew into the whole thing like hey i (laughs) fucked your sister a year ago is this still cool do we need to renegotiate can we like feign illness and get the hell out of here (laughs) 
like remember the night where we signed our napkin marriage contract and I was talking about that girl from a year ago that I was like mega into that was actually your sis Mm -hmm. (laughs) like like she'd already the groundwork was there yes already mentioned the story so she, she made told them bad was, decisions out of panic. It's part of her, yeah, like avoidant sort of style. Mm-hmm. Yes. So she maybe there was a part of her that thought like Andrew will call the whole thing off and for what? Because Jack and I were never gonna be together anyway. Yeah, because Jack I was a one night stand for Jack. Mm-hmm. Uh so throughout the family frivolity at one point they are under mistletoe and Mm. the family is cheering on them to kiss including andrew which i found deeply disturbing (laughs) even under (laughs) even under like any circumstances under no circumstances would i be cheering on my even fake fiance to kiss one of my sisters And I would think that the rest of the family um, would be disturbed by it. But, you know, rich people are built different, so. And I think that they were all pretty heavily lubricated at that point. The drinking drinking had been happening for a while. It was plentiful. There (laughs) had been some joints passed around, I think, at that point. Yeah. Uh, There's a moment where Jack and Ellie are in the ski lift. Mm-hmm. and they see dylan and andrew full-on making out mm-hmm. and jack is appalled that ellie isn't appalled and she's just like oh that's interesting <laughs> <laughs> that's not surprising and, and she's like i'm shocked you don't seem shocked why yeah. don't you seem shocked and yeah. ellie's just like well i knew that they uh used to date and it doesn't so... bother you that they're hooking up now. <laughs> um, at this point, credit. have we learned about the situation with Claire yet? Um, like from Ellie's perspective or them talking about what happened? Them talking about what happened. I'm not sure. It might have been by this point. But mm-hmm. at some point, um, mm-hmm. Jack ask what the hell happened you ghosted me and ellie's like this is a completely different interpretation from what i've been thinking over the last year and tells her about claire showing up and Mm -hmm. jack gives an explanation that i am not a hundred percent sold on okay that that claire was polly and jack was trying to make that work and appease her but Mm -hmm. couldn't but the marriage was already over by that point but it doesn't seem like claire thought it was Mm -hmm. so i have questions about that for jack yeah that's fair and ellie immediately because god help her she's a fucking doormat she's like i am a monster jack was going through so much and i just ghosted her and i just lack compassion and understanding and i'm such a square queer that i didn't like immediately <laughs> think like maybe this is like a polyamorous situation that's on its last legs and jack is actually like going to be divorced from her wife mm-hmm and jack mm-hmm. also is like i didn't want you to know that my marriage had failed like 
Okay. I think that would be preferable yes. <laughs> to what ended up happening. Okay, yeah. so they they're periodically sitting down to do what queer women do, which is to talk things out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> These are the words of the book. Amongst lots of like sexually tense like interactions of like like foot touching. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and other things and so this discussion about what happened with Claire comes out of a scenario where (laughs) they're always getting thrown together you know Mm -hmm. whatever they go out to the airstream to get some like baking supplies and Jack's like oh yeah get it out of the bottom drawer and she's like no not that drawer (laughs) which I immediately thought let's see that's trapped I know, I know. That was my immediately immediate thought too. But she like kept the book and kept the drawing and kept the scarf that Ellie left there. The drawing of Jack's hand. Yes. Yeah. Right. She had made while they were hanging out last year. Yeah. So and Ellie's like, does not compute because it clearly meant nothing to you. Why would you keep these mementos, you mm-hmm. weirdo? <laughs> because it was real to me um yeah i'm gonna speed this up because i'm dragging and i know that we are on the clock so uh they get snowed out of the cabin and they have to find shelter elsewhere the truck once again gets stuck the truck is a worthless piece of shit Mm -hmm. and they break into a neighboring cabin mm-hmm. of they chop uh, some wood yeah they're friends of the family yeah they chop wood erotically ellie is really into it at some point earlier jack had asked ellie do you love him and ellie should have lied but said no so like for some time jack has been like okay you don't love my brother but you're engaged to him why and has not gotten an answer out of ellie mm-hmm. so other than like you know i want a family Mm -hmm. which again not enough of not convincing to Mm -hmm. me yeah and they i think that they had had one kiss at this point like one guilty kiss well there was the mistletoe kiss that was in front of everyone okay and then there was the bathroom make out okay so two kisses at this point Uh uh-huh that was the point that she said she wasn't in love with andrew and um they're making out at that point and she's jack's like oh thank god i don't know what i would have done if you were going to still marry him like and then ellie's like oh i still am and jack's Mm -hmm. like (laughs) yeah ellie's thinking like yeah this makeout is not worth two hundred thousand dollars but the (laughs) one in the cabin that they break into is worth two hundred thousand dollars so she's mm-hmm. like fuck it i'm not gonna marry your brother and mm-hmm. they have sex and during this whole like second snow day situation mm-hmm. they she gets an email ellie gets an email from someone who's interested in her web comic mm-hmm. so she had started another web comic called the arrangement mm-hmm. about the whole thing with andrew and when they get back they haven't told the family yet and Ellie is away in another room and then comes back and the whole family is sitting around and is looking at her like like she killed their dog. Mm -hmm. And 
Jack has a laptop and was like, I told everyone about your amazing webcomic news, how you might get a publisher. So we looked it up and you are marrying my brother for money. And you put our family in this webcomic and you are a liar and a con and all these things. And Andrew's trying to be like, now, hold on. I basically twisted her arm to do this. And they're not listening. Mima, who has known because she had intuition that Ellie and Jack had had a thing and then like figures out about the money. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, honey, I'm not judging you. Like you get your you get your bag. Mm-hmm. you know she keeps her mouth real closed during yeah mima mm, mima <laughs> that this would have been the time i know you said your secret's safe with me but this would have been the time to be like it, it's fine everyone everyone just chill let's go eat some cookies let's go like smoke a joint and <laughs> be very calm about this uh but that's not what happens mima drives her into town uh she and jack have this awful fight we find out that uh so jack's gonna open this bakery mm-hmm. and she's doing it with her own money and she said like oh i just have my grandfather's trust to fall back on if it fails because her whole family kind of thinks that it will fail mm-hmm. and she's actually been written out of the will that money is now going to andrew so the reason he wants this money so desperately isn't for him it's to help jack he didn't tell Jack this. Jack didn't tell the family that she knew she had been written out of the will. Mm-hmm. It's a whole fucking thing. At some point, Andrew had confessed to Ellie before he knew about Ellie and Jack that he slept with Dylan on this mm-hmm. trip. Mm-hmm. It's a mess. And a love trapezoid. It's a love trapezoid. And <clears throat> what ends up happening is that some time passes and ellie moves in with ari tries to get her life in order um is working with the publisher doesn't know the publisher is going to ultimately buy what she's working on but she's Mm -hmm. going to stop being afraid of failure and she sets boundaries with her mom which her mom reacts to by being like okay bye Mm -hmm. which sucks really bad but ellie is relieved and then Jack's bakery opens and the family has forgiven Ellie and mm-hmm. she's hung out with the family separately. They've like taken her in like, okay, we're still going to keep you even though you're not marrying Andrew and you're alive and a cheat. Um, <laughs> and they all encourage her to go to Jack's opening and mm-hmm. she goes and she gives this big romantic speech and Jack brushes her off in front of everyone and then she goes and cries into the snow and then Jack follows her and is like hey that was really humiliating back there and Ellie's like rub it in why don't you (laughs) um I'm gonna give Jack the worst half because the whole wife thing and this this incident (laughs) really pissed me off Mm. uh but they end up deciding that they're going to follow their feelings and try to make it work so Jack's your worst half Mm mm-hmm for me, it's 100% Ellie. Tell me why. Um, I just find her kind of annoying. She is. Um, and I hate a grand gesture. <laughs> like, that was an uncool move. Yeah. Um, 
And so, like, I can't really blame Jack for being like, like, you, you <laughs> totally humiliated yourself because she humiliated Jack um, previous to that. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's Ellie for me, just based okay. on her, like, her i know it's supposed to be like part of her generalized anxiety mm-hmm. um i also have generalized anxiety disorder and her, her inability to like do anything helpful for herself or others it's mm-hmm. like really frustrating to me yeah okay we got five minutes do you have a fan cast um i have yes but they're kind of nonsense fan casting okay um so for for andrew I have uh, Darren Barnett. I think he will be perfect as the little dude bro. Um, I know that he's supposed to be the older sibling in the book, but I don't care. I'm I'm casting Aubrey Plaza (laughs) as Jack because I want to. (laughs) I love Aubrey so much. Um, And then that therefore means that I want a... Kristen Stewart-ish person to be Ellie um, just because I really want Retribution! Aubrey Plaza and Kristen Stewart to end up together. (laughs) Please see our uh, recap from last year or the year before. Um, Yeah, last year, I think. Yes. Uh, So for me, I agree with Darren Barnett. That one's fine. And then I came up with, for Jack, Allie Mackey. And okay. for Ellie, Olivia Holt, they were both in the show Cloak and Dagger together. They had good chemistry mm-hmm. and Allie Mackey was a scientist and I could feel, I could see her like being a butch baker. Mm-hmm. Um, and Olivia Holt is very like petite and delicate looking. So I think that that could work. And I wanted to talk real quick about the movie Dan in real life, because if sure. you like this. We don't have to stop at 11 sharp. Okay. <laughs> We can do like 11.15. Okay. I don't think it'll take that long. But Dan in Real Life was a movie starring Steve Carell. And it's from 2007. And he is a widower with three daughters. He writes an advice column. His career's kind of hit a lull because he wrote a book that wasn't successful, I think. And he wants to get his column in syndication because that's where the real money and success is for a newspaper columnist. Mm-hmm. and he is going to his family's Christmas gathering, which is very much like this one, you know, like very, the family's very close. It's a lot of structured fun and games, and he stops at a bookstore on the way into his family's house, and he meets this woman, played by Juliette Binoche, who thinks that, have you seen this movie? no uh but she's the one who's in chocolate i think i think so yes um so he she thinks that he's a bookstore employee and she's asking for like a really specific feeling of a book and he's like okay well i have some options um here's everybody poops and she's just charmed (laughs) by him because he's really funny and earnest and he played along with being a bookstore employee Uh, and (laughs) everybody poops is the selection Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> and he uh, he's immediately smitten with this woman. And he goes to his family's house and he's like, I think that I met someone. I mean, like, it's weird, but like, 
I just met someone and I feel like this connection. And then moments later, his brother, Dane Cook, shows up with his new girlfriend. <laughs> Meg is recoiling from the screen. <laughs> Dane Cook is, is a for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I would drive around West Palm Beach, Florida, playing Dane Cook's comedy album CD on repeat. Oh no. That's my truth. <laughs> I didn't know better then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was a zygo. So, so yeah. Um, Dane Cook uh is brings home Juliet Binoche's character. In it, what world is Juliet Binoche with Dane Cook? <laughs> listen, I don't I don't even know. I don't even know. Uh it does seem like Steve Carell is immediately like a more suitable match. Mm-hmm. So they have a conversation very similar to Ellie and Jack about like, what the hell are we going to do? And they decide not to tell anyone. And the whole Christmas trip is just like a disaster because they're falling more and more in love with each other and -hmm. trying to hide it. And it all comes to a head. And um, when the family finds out, I think Dan Cook punches him in the face and his daughters are like, they don't think it's crazy that he Mm -hmm. loves her after such a short amount of time and they're like go after her we so prefer her to you (laughs) (laughs) and i this is one of my favorite movies so i highly recommend it it's like kiss her once for me is like the sapphic millennial version Mm. of this so this is like the middle-aged man widower version of this so like probably at this point more age appropriate for us <laughs> we we've entered this bracket that's really dismal but we are you. entering the bracket oh my god <clears throat> so well, is that your recommendation for if people really liked this they should check out dan in real life mm-hmm. how about you so i have some non- fiction recommendations Mm -hmm. if you identified with ellie's relationship with her family at all then i have a recommendation for you it is called adult children of emotionally immature parents how to (laughs) heal from distant rejecting or self-involved parents it's by dr lindsey gibson she's a doctor of psychiatry i listened to the audiobook version of this uh, a couple of months ago very um enlightening so Mm. i can recommend that and then toward the end there when ellie does the hard thing and starts setting some boundaries with her horrible mom that -hmm. is not easy to do and if you like me grew up with a little experience in setting boundaries i'm gonna recommend um she's i think primarily famous on tiktok Mm -hmm. um cami orange love her yeah um but i she's on instagram as well uh paid 10 bucks to get her boundary phrase boundary phrase flashcards mm-hmm. and went over them before thanksgiving with some friends at a bar <laughs> and i'll just give you a few examples of what some of the flashcards are please um oh i need to pause you right there i am not the right person for you to share that with <laughs> um would have been useful with my homophobic co-worker 
Yeah. Uh, that sounds really tough. I'm not available to talk about it right now, but I can text you later tonight, maybe around nine. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Huh. I'm not sure why you think that's funny. Will you explain <laughs> the joke to me? Oh, I love that one. This is my absolute favorite one. It just is. What an odd thing to say out loud. <laughs> <laughs> so um, there's like a, a structured activity with these. There, there's 40, I think, of the flashcards. You kind of divide them into ones that you already use, ones that you would not really ever use, and ones that you'd like to incorporate. And then she also includes audio of her delivering them in like a polite sort of friendly way and in like a more firm angry way so that you can hear what it what it would sound like that's so which i think is great yeah yeah um and she's on the um autism spectrum so it's like very much um like accessibility appropriate for anyone um mm-hmm. so highly recommend very well spent ten dollars for me she's a really good follow and that does sound like a deal <clears throat> for ten dollars oh yeah so instead of pulling a tarot card i wanted to do an oracle card i chose the threads of fate deck because i I think there's an element of fate at play in this Mm -hmm. so the card that i pulled is the outlaw it looks like this it has a very jack-esque boot yeah those look sort of christmas tree-ish in the background are they gems yeah but there let's see sometimes it says in the description like a crystal suggestion or an herb suggestion but this one doesn't say anything so just like picture a mountain made Mm -hmm. of crystals that's what it looks like um i used to pull this card a lot when i worked with this deck and i didn't really understand why it came up and i shuffled this pretty heavily before Mm. i pulled so that's interesting And this is what it says. When you pull the outlaw card, it is time to go against the grain. It can be scary to do this. All humans at some point or another have received the message that conforming is necessary for survival. Definitely Ellie. And Jack, but Jack's rejected this. Mm -hmm. In fact, we are hardwired to be that way. Early on in human history, the individuals that were outcast from their tribe would not survive. That still lives within us. The fear that if we go against the pack, our survival will be threatened. Again, Mm -hmm. Ellie trying to keep her one family connection. Mm Mm-hmm. The outlaw gives us the courage to stand alone in stark contrast with that which is widely accepted or normalized. The outlaw pushes for progress within the collective. The outlaw is a good ally for when we are working on breaking free of limiting inherited patterns or beliefs. It's Mm. interesting because right away I would have associated this card with Jack, but everything that I'm getting is Ellie. Ellie. Mm -hmm. A balanced and healthy outlaw lives by their own personal compass. That's Jack. They're mm-hmm. honorable and live with integrity, but it may not always be how others perceive right and wrong. Mm-hmm. If that's also Jack. For example, they won't say stealing is bad no matter what. They will ask, why is it being done? What is it for? Unbalanced outlaw can isolate themselves, believing that they're entirely alone. They may also turn into destructive, whether internal or external tendencies, like lying about your wife. they may also identify too much with being different and in turn are always in opposition of others simply for the sake of being so that's That's jack that's jack and also dylan yes true outlaw is confident and rebellious by nature but they are not that way for the sake of being rebellious in other words they have a cause and jack's cause is very much forging her own path without her family and Mm -hmm. without the strings of her family's money 
The outlaw asked for a give no fucks attitude. In order to do great things in the world, we must not get caught up in how the herd views us. We must keep going forward with that which we believe in. Given that, consider examining what radical means to you. In what ways do you live within the boxes that society has given us? In what ways do you want to grow beyond them? That's cool. That's, what's I the name of this deck again? This is the Threads of Fate Oracle deck. It's the Lumen edition. Cool. You can find it online. I will post a link. They have different versions of the Oracle deck with different um, backgrounds and color schemes. I really enjoy this deck. Um, and we forgot to mention, I feel like I should mention this because this is the real part of the HEA that I enjoyed, which mm-hmm. is that Andrew and his now partner, Dylan, have agreed that even when they marry, Ellie should get her cut of the inheritance so yeah uh our hope is that there's a happy relationship a successful book deal and two hundred thousand dollars in ellie's future (laughs) yeah (laughs) and that her terrible mother gets hit by a bus so one of the family structured activities is the Christmas cookie baking where mm-hmm. they all are like, yeah, let's make cookies. And then they all just like, oh, I'm a little sleepy, tired. And they leave. And then Jack just has to make cookies for everyone. <laughs> Apparently that happens every year. Um, I have my favorite Christmas cookie recipe last year or maybe the year before. I made these like very elaborate Christmas cookie boxes of all these different types and then I like tried to gather feedback on which one most people like the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, these are pan banging cookies, which means that you freeze the dough um, in the cookie balls. And then as you're baking them periodically, you take them out of the oven and you kind of whack the <laughs> the cookie tray on the counter. And this like makes fine. the the rapidly puffing up cookie like fall. And as you do this repeatedly while it's baking, it gets these sort of like wrinkly waves so that the outside is crisp and then the inside is very chewy mm-hmm. and delicious. So the one that was a big favorite were the gender molasses cookies, which are perfect for the holidays. You sprinkle them with a little bit of salt at the end on top mm-hmm. and it's like the perfect sweet salty thing. And then this particular cookbook author, her name is Sarah Kiefer. She does a ton of these sort of giant wrinkly, (laughs) which doesn't sound good, but it is cookies. Um, And she did a a modification of the recipe where then she made a buttered rum glaze that Mm. she half dipped the cookie in. And it is so good. Mm. So I'll include the recipe for that. Those sound delicious. I know that I've had them before, Yes, but I might need my memory refreshed. (laughs) so uh we will include that the cami orange boundaries stuff Mm -hmm. and a link to the trailer for dan real life in the show notes we will also have all of our links a great thing that you can do for me as a christmas present is pre-order my book how that makes you feel by el diaz That link will also be in the show notes and the paperback will be available next year when it comes out. So if you want the paperback, you can wait for that or you can, you know, do both. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) I really want to have a hard copy. 
I cannot wait to have the hard copies. So cool. So until next time, air kisses.